Relay FM. This is Connected, episode 175. Today's show is sponsored by Linode, Squarespace, and Mission U. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by Federico Vatici. Ciao, Federico. Hey, Mike. And Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen Hackett. Hey, it's good to be back with you So boys. much happened during our time away, which is very rare yeah. uh, that huge technology news um occurs during our time away but it did and most of it's so old now that we're not even really going to bother talking about it so we have a brand new show full of new stuff no old stuff only new stuff that's what we do have two points of follow-up but they're not not, completely you know we're not gonna we're not gonna start talking about specter or anything that, right. that great James Bond movie that everyone's the talking James about. Bond one. Hmm. Is that a good James Bond? You know, movie? I, I never, you know, you know, I, I never watched. I I never watched a James Bond movie either. Oh, okay. Um, I don't Federico. need to go into that. I've seen every single James Bond movie and love all of them. I just haven't, for some reason, seen Spectre yet. I know there is one like a like an like an old one from the nineties, maybe from the early two thousands, with a song by Madonna. I think Die Another Day. Yeah. I know that I know that song. Okay, I think is that it. You just know the song. That's a good story. That's that's my knowledge about um, James Bond. It's the Madonna song. Yeah, I mean there are definitely other James Bond themes that you know, like because some of them are very very popular classic all time songs. Uh, Like for example, "Live and Let Die" by Wings, Paul McCartney and Wings. Oh yeah, is it "Live and Let Die"? that one. Yes. Okay. So okay. like, that's about oh, the James you. Bond movie Live and Let Die. Uh, oh, really? Okay. The songs are always named uh, after the movie, with a couple of exceptions. We don't need oh. to go into this. Like, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> you, you, you're the one that keeps going further down this down Well, this because I, just... I said a couple of things, and then I felt like I needed... I, like it I know was enough. interesting. That I it then needed to clarify to some of the edge cases, like, <laughs> like you know, for example, the the song for Casino Royale, I believe, is called what? "You Know My Name," which was by the guy from Soundgarden. Why are you still Chris, doing this, Chris? Something, <laughs> but like that was, you know, so that was an except. Anyway, let's let's follow up. Yes. Okay, we're going to start with some very important follow up. Connected was named a runner up in the Beck. Best Tech Podcast category in the 2017 Upgradies, along with a show uh, called Canvas that Federico, you do with Fraser Spears. That's a really great show. Uh, so congratulations to us, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm yeah. starting our 2018. Self-congratulations. Yep. Uh, I was part of the voting committee and uh, didn't win. I don't want to g- ever give myself an Upgrady. That's not Yeah. That's not a thing I ever really want to do. <clears throat> that's an uncomfortable position to be scored very, very highly with the Upgradians. Um, and yeah. then there is always this fun thing where like upgrade never scores very highly, and it's like, well, let's just hope that everyone's assuming not to vote for that show. It's a, it's a very but the upgradees were great. If you haven't listened to the upgradees, it is an annual award show that me and Jason do on Upgrade. It is a great episode. I was very proud of it. You should listen to it. It's good. $29 battery placements underway. So this is one of those stories that broke uh, during our break. Um, we did last episode, a week ago, was our 2017 in review. And we actually recorded that before Christmas. And we had to like scramble to fix the battery replacement no, section No, don't let people know. Don't let people know. Well, you can edit this out if you don't want no, to. No, everyone just thinks that we were like so succinct about it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It was, shush, don't tell them. 
uh, but now we are, well, not us, Apple Store employees are deep in the <laughs> no, trenches no, of replacing batteries. No, we are batteries. replacing batteries. This, this is the real, the real kind of test for the connected crew is we are actually the ones replacing those batteries. I was at my Apple Store um, basically, I think, December 30th or something, right at the very end of the year, and then I had to go back yesterday, and they are just completely swamped. We've gotten some emails and some, some follow-up from people who work in Apple retail or have tried to get their batteries replaced, and basically no stores have appointments very few stores have batteries. How they're doing, how they seem to be doing it is if you make an appointment and go in and they don't have the part, your name gets put on a list. And then when your battery, when a battery becomes available to you, once it, you know, that part of the list gets finally reached, then they give you a call and you can come back in and get it done. But if you are, if you have a phone that you think is affected by this, so if you have a um, 6, a 6S, an SE or a 7, and you want this to be, Dealt with, uh, I think patience is going to be the name of the game. I think that maybe don't go in this week or next week, like give them some time because it seems really hectic in Apple stores. I've actually kind of been keeping tabs on iPhone appointments at my store over the last couple of days preparing for the show and they have no appointments. Like it's just really, uh, really busy. So I guess our thoughts and prayers go out to iPhone technicians everywhere. At this difficult time. I, I am wondering, why are you visiting Apple stores so frequently? Yeah, that's what I wanted to know, too. <laughs> well, part one of that... Are you taking pictures there? Are you taking selfies in front of the Apple store? Um, I just go every day and see if they still have a Mac Pro for sale. Mm. Uh, my first visit at the end of the year is a future is a topic later in this episode. And then mm. yesterday, I just went in to pick up a, wa- a watch band. So, you know, nothing nefarious. Mm. I uh, mm. I went to an Apple store yesterday. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. see you there. No. We just miss each other. <laughs> we just we just just passed each other in the revolving door. Um, I think this is a funny story. I don't know if this is a funny story, but like I went to the ophthalmologist yesterday, um, and I had to like have my eyes looked at, and they dilated my pupils. Right, you know, do that thing where like they drop the drops in. That's but awful. For whatever reason, um, it was very difficult for them to dilate my pupils, and they. They had to put a lot of drops in my eyes before it would work. Now, obviously, the knock-on effect of that is like my pupils are significant, well, significantly dilated. Um, I was out in town. I actually had dinner with the wonderful Mr. David Sparks from Mac Power Users, who was in London. So I had some hours in between. Um, and I decided that I wanted to surprise Adina by buying her an iPhone X. Because for the first time in the whole time that I've ever known her, she was complaining about her phone in like that she didn't think it was good enough. She's been using a 6S. She's super upset about the camera because everyone she knows or a bunch of friends that she knows have iPhone 10s and she wants the camera. Like she is she was unhappy with her Instagram game. Uh so I decided that I would surprise her by buying an iPhone. But the problem was I had to buy this iPhone with my pupil severely dilated. Uh, oh no. I couldn't <laughs> see my iPhone. So I was bu- I was pre-ordering it. What? <laughs> so my pupils were so dilated, I couldn't read the text on my iPhone anymore. What did, what did you buy? Uh, I bought the right one. I bought the right one, which was a, a marvel of uh, what must be incredibly good app design uh, from the Apple Store app. But I figured I had to pre-order it and go pick it up, right? Because I, I had figured there'd still be a line, right? Like, there's always lines. But it was just funny to me that I was able to buy this phone, like, standing on the sidewalk after I left the ophthalmologist with like my phone directly in front of my face. 
like I had it like right in front of my face. I had my glasses off, like in my hands, kind of like a person who couldn't, like who could barely see. It was a whole <laughs> big scene. Uh, and I actually, I uh, this is not a thing that I will necessarily think is ne- something I want to share with the world. But I'm going to send the two of you a picture that I took of myself. So oh, with boy. my pupils severely okay, so dilated, I so feel you like can, we need context here. You can so see, thank you. so you're able to see what Let's I'm dealing see. with. You need to zoom in on this picture so you can see my eyes. Uh, okay. I'm sending it to you on iMessage so you know what I'm dealing with. But I had to ask Stephen about Apple Care, and I sent him a text message about Apple Care, and I was like, "How long oh. can, after can you can you buy Apple Care?" And the reason was is that he sent me a link, huh. and I was like, "I need you to tell me because I can't." read anything uh and I, but oh i can kind God. of just about make out an <laughs> iMessage but having to look through a document on the, the k-base would have been a, a disaster but as you can see my eyes were basically all pupils it's like it's like you have two marbles inside yeah, your eye it was it was, <laughs> it was a scene man it was a real scene i couldn't see anything for about you should have asked for help you should have asked doctor can you please buy me an iphone like, please just iPhone. press the buttons please press the buttons so yeah i i i went there i went to the apple store uh, all the lights were really bright and like it basically was like i was squinting the whole time it was a it was a scene it kind of felt i mean i've spoken to a few people about this it kind of felt like pretty trippy like i was on something uh it was it was actually it felt pretty good to have my pupils dilated like that (laughs) i was gonna say it's very unpleasant but um you have found your new hobby mike i actually kind of i actually kind of liked it you want a good time (laughs) just put some drops in traversing london (laughs) buying computer devices without being able to see anything it was a it was a real scene this is the worst youth drug trend I've ever heard. <laughs> eye drops. <laughs> well, it's not huffing paint. It's dilating your eyes. You gotta, gotta drop those eyes. All right, so, Stephen. No. Come on. Come mm-hmm. on. You know what this is. You know how this oh, story ends. I do, ends. Because, because I can read the document. No, but you know how this story ends, though. You know what I'm saying at the end of it. But give us, give us your best shot. <laughs> so where we are in the Google document is topic zero, colon... 2017 iMac 5K versus iMac Pro, parentheses, story time with Steven. So I guess I have to talk now. I was going to buy a new computer at the end of the year. And I, so I had a 2015 kind of mid-range i5 iMac 5K. And I did a spreadsheet because that's what I do in my life. And looking at the base iMac Pro, the 10-core iMac Pro, which is what I thought I was going to buy until I saw that it was like $6,700, and the 2017 regular iMac. So I sat down, looked at it all, and decided the iMac Pro would be nice, but the the loaded 2017 would still be a big upgrade over what I have, and um, that's what I'm going to going to do. So I ordered a fully loaded 2017 27-inch 5K iMac like the i7, a terabyte SSD. I added 32 gigs of RAM to it for Mac Cell, so I had 40 gigs of RAM. It's kind of a ridiculous computer. But what I quickly like realized... RAM. Like, I know, I know, like, that the, the, the people can really use their RAM these days, but that seems yeah. like too... That seems like more than you... 40 gigs is a weird number. It's a <laughs> heck you have the of a lot. And then, 30, and then you add the 32. Uh, it, um... It was... Super fast, really nice. But the problem I had with it 
is that anytime I got near the CPU doing anything, the single fan in the the Retina iMac would spin up and it was exceptionally loud, way louder than my i5 and very touchy. Like I didn't have to, you know, be exporting in logic to do this. Like doing big file copies would do it. Anytime I got near the CPU, this thing would spin up. I've spoken to a ton of people with this computer and some of them say their i7s do this, and a bunch of people like Dan Morin says that they don't. So Mine I don't doesn't. know. I mean, I have a I have that <clears throat> machine, right? Like I have a four gigahertz yeah. i7, sixteen gigabytes of RAM. I yeah. do not have. Well, I have the late twenty fifteen, so I don't have the most modern one, but yeah. it's much and much the same, I think. And I do. They're I only similar. ever ever hear the fans when I expect to hear them. That's the only time. Like, yeah, I'm doing like some noise removal or something, right? And right. then I hear them then. And that I'm I'm fine with, right? Like if I'm pushing it, but I was nervous that I'm going to open a Chrome window while recording a podcast and this iMac is going to spin up. So I think that, A, the i7 is more prone to this than the i5 that I had. That's to be expected. But I think there's some variation in these iMacs and maybe I got one that was particularly touchy or particularly loud. And so I spent several days with it and, you know, because... <clears throat> After you do a migration, a lot of stuff happens. Like Dropbox re-indexes everything, Photos resyncs everything. Like a lot is going on in the background the first day or two after a migration. It's like, well, let me let this settle down. But it really never got to a place where I was comfortable trusting this machine to be quiet when I'm recording, because that's the whole point of this thing. And uh, in the meantime, I'm having conversations with Jason Snell, the devil on my shoulder, uh, about his base iMac Pro about how it's silent, even under load, the only difference is the air out the back gets a little warmer. The Dynamic Pro has two fans, they're much larger, they're much quieter, and they're always spinning, but you can't hear them. I mean, my studio is dead silent, and I cannot hear this thing. Even under load, you'd never really hear it. Oh, this thing. Huh? This thing. This, this iMac thing? Pro in front of me. Yes. Touching it right now. Mm-hmm. So the way mm. that you fixed your 5K iMac problem was to, was to buy to a Mac, spend iMac another Pro. two grand. Okay. Spend great. another two grand. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I turned it. I bought the base iMac Pro. You can walk into an Apple store and buy the base iMac Pro, which I thought you'd have to order it. And I was looking in the App Store, you know, on my iPhone. I was like, oh, I can just go walk in and pick it up. So, uh, so I returned the custom order to the store. Um, I'd purchased that one online since it has some custom stuff, returned it to the store, which is really nice. You, you used to not be able to do that. You used to be like, if you bought it online, you had to return it online, but now you can mix and match. And, um, so I've been using the iMac pro since new years or so. And it is the fastest Mac I've ever owned by far. It is dead quiet, even under like heavy load, like, um, rendering 4k video, or stabilizing 4K video, or doing isotope noise cancellation, the thing doesn't make noise. Now, there has been a lot of conversation, including on our friend show, ATP, about the iMac Pro seems to thermal throttle a little bit, and maybe Apple has it tuned where they would rather throttle it a touch here and there than have the fans spin up. I'm not sure. I think I'd want a little more headroom, where like if I am really pushing it and I know I'm pushing it, I wouldn't mind if you know it wouldn't be the end of the world if it made some noise but like the baseline of this machine like sitting here talking to y'all with skype and chrome and some irc app and slack and mail and audio hijack and iMessage, all this stuff open it is not making a sound and uh that's important to me since i make you know podcast files for a living 
Now, I have a memory, and I have yet to, to find out where I expressed this, that I said mm-hmm. you would end up buying one of these. I'm sure you said it on this show. I'm sure I, I did. Believe it's the, I believe it's the episode you called me. Um, what did you call me? It was very hurtful. The uh, the most indecisive person you know, I think is yeah, what you called me. Yeah, something like that. I mean, well, I mean, all you're doing really is just giving me more evidence. It's true. No, it's true. And the... It's not that... Okay, so maybe it's not that you're indecisive. You are just, you, you are always on the lookout for a better thing, which is not yes. necessarily a bad thing. You demand perfection. I mm, do. You didn't get it with the iMac 5K, but now you have an iMac Pro, so I was right. It was really, you were right. Mm-hmm. The, the iMac was really disappointing because I've really, like, it was, it was so much faster than my 2015. It was three grand as opposed to five for this thing. Um, I really thought it was going to meet my needs. And, you know, my thought was, I talked about this on a Mac Power episode, which I sort of ruined the ending of by buying this computer. <laughs> but what I told David and Katie was, you know, there's a lot of like first gen hardware in this thing and it's all new. And I want to kind of see how the dust settles. And I want to see what the Mac Pro looks like because to get into an iMac Pro, you're spending five grand. If you go back to the cheese grater era, you could buy a Mac Pro for half that. You know, it wasn't a great Mac Pro, but you could upgrade it over time and expand it over time. And I hope that they do that with the new Mac Pro. I hope that you could walk into an Apple store and buy a Mac Pro for twenty five hundred or three grand. I don't think that's going to happen, but I would like for it to happen. I just wanted, you know, I felt like I feel a little bit like buying an iMac Pro now. Like it is meeting my needs, and I'm really happy with it. But you are making a very expensive purchase without all the cards on the table because yeah. I, I fully expect we're going to get into our predictions. I fully expect that we will see the Mac pro tease at WWDC and it'll be out in the, you know, a year from now, follow the same pattern the iMac pro did. And so if you're a pro Mac user, you are making a decision with limited information. Now for me, I really like the all in one form factor. I don't know. I honestly do not know what the Mac pro could offer me that this thing doesn't, that would make me want to give up the all in one form factor. Cause it's all very nice and neat and tidy and it looks really good and I don't have anything under my desk and off cables everywhere. Um, and it's got the display built in. And if you buy a Mac pro, Apple's going to charge you a thousand dollars for their new pro display at least. So there is that argument to be made that, you know, you're making a purchase without all the information possible. But at the same time, like this has already become the, my, like the favorite Mac I've, I've owned in a long time because it is so capable and, the other ta- the other tangible things I care about, like how quiet it is, how nice the speakers are, how nice the screen is, all those things are home runs. So, so far, so good in, in iMac Pro land. So I've spent a lot of time thinking. And mm-hmm. I mean, I have, I have no desire for an iMac Pro. Like, I know people that have got them now. I've heard lots about it. it. I have no desire for it. I actually think that my next Mac will probably be the next Mac Pro. Because... I don't really have great desire to upgrade my Mac for like having the coolest Mac anymore, right? Like mm-hmm. I used to, like how I do with my iOS devices. Like there's right. the devices that I want to be new and cool. What I really want is a machine that I can just make incrementally better over time. And that's what a Mac Pro hopefully will be. So yeah. I think that all I want is just to be able to upgrade it when I need more performance rather than having to overhaul my entire 
machine every time so like getting so i would i think prefer a mac where i can easily upgrade the ram or maybe even upgrade the gpu every two years rather than upgrading like rather than buying a brand new imac every three years like i think that that's what i want yeah no i a lot of that appeals to me like i said it would make it would mean some trade offs that I'm not sure I want to make. But the iMac Pro is too far the other direction. Like if I want to upgrade the RAM in this thing, I've got to take it to an Apple store and beat off beat off all the people trying to get an iPhone battery to have a Mac Genius crack it open and put RAM in it and charge me a fortune. Now, if I keep this machine for three years, at some point I may do that, but you know, I can't upgrade the other stuff. And that that is and Jason, I think Jason is who said this. The iMac Pro is still an iMac. Like it, you get all the trade-offs and all the compromises that come with an iMac. Now for me, those compromises are fine for now, but it, it means certain things. This is a more professional iMac. It is not a Mac Pro. And so if your thought process, Mike, is to buy something and to, you know, over time invest a little bit more and extend the life of it, then the Mac Pro, if it follows the path we all hope it will, is totally the right answer for you. And it may be for me in a year. I don't know. But for now, this machine is meeting my needs, and it is, um, it's really great. And I, I, I'm fine with the base model. Like it's so much faster than any Mac I've ever owned. Mm-hmm. I'm not sad that I didn't, you know, I couldn't afford the 10 core. Let's see how you feel when the 18 starts shipping, right? <laughs> yeah, right. See those, <laughs> see those. You know, the, the other thing, too, is that the base model iMac Pro. Like it is working in a chassis with cooling that can handle up to an 18 core. Like I've got the the slowest machine designed for this cooling system. All right, well, this is the theory, the iMac, right? This was your yeah. theory for getting this computer is that, sorry, I'm spoiling what you're saying. No, it's fine. Uh, but the, the iMac that I had was the fastest, hottest computer designed for its cooling system. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's outrun that cooling system and they need to address it. So I feel like this this machine inside has headroom that I'm not punishing it you know, because someone with an 18 core is going to be closer to its thermal envelope than yep. my, you know, little eight core machine. I feel that that logic is really sound, and I think that's probably why you are happy with this one, right? Like you are running a machine that it is effectively cold for what is what it can be, right? Like yeah. the, the, what the, the 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 guts inside of your iMac Pro are fine for the cooling system, right? Oh, yeah. like, you know, it's like a nowhere step near up what it from <laughs> the top tier of the 5K with a bunch of holes in the back. Right, like yeah, it's fine. It's all good. All right, let's take our first break, and then it's predictions time. Today's show is brought okay. to you by Linode. You'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with Linode, with prices starting at just five dollars a month, and you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in just under a minute. Whether you're getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. They offer the fastest hardware and network with fantastic customer support behind it all. It has never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. They guarantee 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once your server is up, they're going to keep it that way. They are great for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating a VPN, running Docker containers, hosting a private Git server, and so much more. And Linode are hiring right now. If that's something that is interesting to you, Linode.com slash careers, they have, they have options if you, if you think that might be a good fit for you. Linode has fantastic pricing options available for their virtual servers. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month, and they go from their high memory plan starting at 16 gigabytes of RAM as well. So you go all in between and above. It's wild. So 
Go to lino.com slash connected and use the code connected2018 and you'll be supporting this show and also getting $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that is four free months of service. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there is nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash connected to learn more, sign up, take advantage of that $20 of credit, or use the promo code connected2018 at checkout. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show. So last year we did our first kind of official predictions at the beginning of the mm. year where we wrote them down and tracked our progress throughout the year and then graded them in our year in review. We all enjoyed that process so much that we have decided that we're going to do it again for this year. So round robin style, of course, these mm-hmm. are our 2018 predictions. We have some new rules. So there is going to be two rounds of regular picks and then one round of risky picks. If mm-hmm. you get a risky pick, you get two points. But if your risky pick is wrong, you lose a regular point. So it's all to play for in the risky picks round. But because there's so many high points, there's a high point situation going on here. We don't want anyone to game it. So the two other co-hosts have to agree that the pick is risky enough to be deemed a risky pick. So like Federica can't walk in and be like, oh, my risky pick. Uh, maybe a new iPhone next year. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, that's it's not risky. Double points. Not a risky one. Not a risky mm-hmm. one. So we're going to start off with Stephen. Uh, so I said this a little bit earlier, but I think that we will see a tease of the Mac Pro at WWDC with a ship date at the the end of this year. So following the same sort of. Timeline is the 2013 Mac Pro and the iMac Pro. Tease this summer in San Jose. Release at the end of the year. So you st- you're saying, right, that the Mac Pro will ship within 2018. Because mm-hmm. that's the key part here, right? Like, Yes. Because you, you have to make it in. And, and I, I don't know how I feel about that. I think that WWDC... We'll see what we saw with the trash can. I think it's going to be very similar to that, where mm-hmm. they're like some moody lighting and some images and like super zoomed in and like Phil oh, Schiller yeah. says something a little bit crass again. And you know, oh no, uh, you know, he's, he's, no. who knows how he's going to step it up, but maybe they're going to need to get out the bleep sound for him. Who knows? That'd be but, awesome. Um, I think that we'll see that. I don't know how I feel about this year shipping i i don't know if that's a done, uh, a done you deal. think 2019 for the I mac think it's pro possible i i don't necessarily mm. say that i think it's going to be 2019 but i don't know if we're because i don't know i don't think any of us know how long it takes apple to develop a computer from like idea to release and this will actually be the the best indication of that we've ever had exactly <laughs> because you know, they always say, like, we've been working on this for years. We've been dreaming about this for a long time, you know. But we know that whenever the Mac Pro Roundtable was, was that March or something? It was March or April. Uh, sometime this spring, they said it was underway, but the belief was that it was just underway. And so my my the reason I say this is I, I don't think they want to go into 2019 without this computer. They want to, even though it's not going to sell a bunch of machines, they've made such a big deal of it. I think they want to get it out so people stop complaining about it. And I, my and guess is... they do is, keep talking about it as well, right? Like even in the iMac it, Pro yeah. P, PR right. stuff, they're still talking about so the Mac Pro. I, I think the team that's working on the Mac Pro is probably just like pedal to the metal, 
have been told you need to get this done quickly. And so I, I feel I feel pretty good about this. I mean, it definitely could slip, but I feel like this is a, a thing that I, I feel comfortable picking. All right. Uh, I'm up next. Um, I think, so Stephen has upset me because I've, I've, I've made it half myself again in kind of picking two things in one. Um, yeah, but, yeah you've, you've, you've blown this one already. No, no, it's fine. I think that there's going to be a bigger iPhone X style phone this year, but it mm-hmm. won't have an OLED screen mm-hmm. in it. No. So, oh, so like no. the rumor that, yeah. that from a while Half back. Point. Okay. That's what I think. Half point. I think. But the thing is, though, you say this, I my half points, I think, was what got me to being tired. That's true. Bunch of half points. I got a bunch of half points. Mm, but I, I do think that there will be an expansion to the iPhone X line this year. Um, but yeah. I, I don't think that Apple have enough experience of OLED yet to, to make a really good big phone. Um, and that there is already enough OLED shortages of good OLED screens in the world, and that's probably only gotten worse since the iPhone X, that mm-hmm. it might be really hard for them to secure enough panels that maybe just pushing it off one more year might be a good thing to do. Yeah. By the way, like I thought about this device. If this device exists, I am going to be in a real quandary. Like if that really? actually happens, yeah, because I want a bigger. F- I always want a bigger phone, right? Like it's the idea, like the the whole right. idea of the Plus Club. But I love the OLED screen, right? Like if I had to go, it's, it could be tricky for me to make that decision. Like to to go back to LCD because one of my favorite things about my iPhone now is all of the apps that I have that use the, the true mm-hmm. true black, right? Like, yeah. I love it. So, like, I was, when me and Adina were setting up her phone yesterday, she uses a bunch of apps that I use, and I was turning all those settings on for her. She's like, oh, I really like this. Like, it's really nice. And I would be very sad to lose that if I went to a phone that didn't have it again. No, you're going to get the, the 10 plus anyway with the OLED, so... This is my I prediction. Hope so. So don't count my point. But, but like predictions think... aren't what I want, right? Like they're just what I think will happen. What I really yeah. want is a bigger iPhone 10 with an OLED screen. Like that would be right. incredible. Yeah, okay. I just don't know how Apple announces a new iPhone 10 and they're like, "Oh, it has an LCD." After well, no, but they wouldn't say OLED that though. So heavily. They will say it has one of the best L- it has the best LCD screen we have ever made. Right, that's what yeah. they'll, you know, like, and they'll say we have this incredible iPhone 10 with a beautiful Super Retina display, and now we have like this one with the Hyper Retina display. They just give it, you know, it's just like a new name, and yeah. it's just, but it's I don't just know. big I don't LCD know if they can walk that back. I don't. Yeah. I, don't I, I, I wonder if maybe I don't buy it. I wonder if maybe they could do something like instead of keeping the the current iPhone 10 around and making it cheaper, they sort of remake the iPhone 10. And make it cheaper because it doesn't have an OLED display. But you know how they ten C put in a bunch of different colors. (laughs) Yeah, but like that 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 thinking is how you end up with an iPhone 11, which is the new version of the 10, and then like an iPhone 10s or something, which is two LCD phones, and they replace the the eight and eight plus, right? So like that's how you could end up getting there. So we'll see. Mm. So I'm up next and. I'm going to say that iOS 12, or whatever it's called, but the next version of iOS, uh, will have a focus on speed and how Apple made it faster. 
So I think there will be one of the ten poll features. It'll be on a slide, and Apple will specifically call out the fact that iOS 12 they focused on making it faster and making it perform better thanks to various optimizations. And I think this uh, will happen sort of to counter the narrative around iOS 11 and how problematic it's been for so many people, this update cycle, uh, whether it was about the battery or, uh, you know, the fact that Apple was slowing down the older iPhones and even maybe to an extent all these mitigations for Spectre and um, Meltdown that are sort of making these chips a little slower. Uh, But I think... They, Apple wants to counter this narrative and say, we, this year's update, you're going to want to upgrade because not only do you get new features, not only do you get maybe new design, I'm not going to count new design in my prediction, however, uh, and not only do you get new emoji, but you get a faster phone. And now the, I believe this could happen either in a bunch of ways, maybe... Um, it could be a series of, of, of optimizations for, for example, every single framework is moving to Swift, or maybe it's going to feel faster because all new iPhones get the promotion display, or maybe the new UI framework, uh, which is rumored, it'll be so much faster, all the animations, all the trans- transitions will be faster than before. But I believe that Apple wants to call out the fact that they've been working on making iOS faster and feel faster and be faster, uh, even from a technical point of view. And uh, I'm going to say that maybe we will also get more settings and options to control the fact that, you know, uh, it's become common knowledge to say if your phone feels slow just wipe it and restore the operating system. And I don't think that Apple likes that. So maybe we will also see a feature, like a built-in cache delete option. Because most of the time, this this idea of wiping your phone, it goes mostly, it's related to the fact of wiping all the app caches that you have on your device. And so I wonder if maybe there will be new settings to control that aspect without having to do a restore. And I bet that like if they do this, some of the focus would be on it's faster for everyone, right? Like yeah. no matter how yeah. old your yeah. phone is, that kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I, I think it would make sense based upon the narrative, especially of the last few months. And I think there's room for them to give users better tools to manage this sort of thing. Like saying just, you know, reinstall iOS and put your stuff back on it. Like people have to know how to do that. And it's not the easiest process in the world. And so maybe even making that simpler could be, could be useful, but the very least, I think having some, some tools to manage things would be, would be good. Yeah. All right. This is, uh, we're now entering round two of regular picks, not risky ones. And I think Mike is up first. An Apple watch of an always on display. Oh, that that's kind of a risky one, though. <laughs> so it that is. feels like a risky pick. It mm. is. I'll tell you why I've gone with this. Okay. If Apple are going to add any feature to the Apple Watch, this is probably the next one. Th- this should be it. Right? Mm. Like, this is what I expect every Apple Watch user will be like, oh, yeah, now it's way better. Like, how people do develop LTE. Like, if, they, if you're going to make a change this would probably be the change that you would make. So that's why I've mm-hmm. gone with it here. I admit it is a little bit risky, but I 
I'm comfortable with it in just my logic that if they're going to make a big change, it would be this. It's either, well, it's either this or a complete redesign of the Apple Watch. But should, just, I, should I add that to your pick? Your, nope. Nope. Please don't do that. Please. Uh, no. Redesign. Please don't. Okay. I mean, no. if I'm getting an or, then I kind of get an extra pick, but whatever. Um, I, I think that based upon Apple's trend of the last three or four years, they're more likely, I think, to add a feature and keep the design the same than they yeah. are to redesign and start from scratch again. Um, and I would love to see some kind of always-on display in the Apple Watch because I think even my current one could handle it. Like, I, I don't think it would be too killer on a battery that just will never die on me. Like, mm-hmm. the, the current Apple Watch battery, I mean, I charge mine every day because I just take it off and put it on the charging stand. I never, ever get problems. Like, I can travel across the globe, right? I can be awake for 24 hours, and I have 65% battery life left. Like, this is, this is not a problem anymore. Um, Apple have given themselves so much room now, um, and, and I genuinely believe that one of the reasons for that is so they can have some kind of always-on mm. display. Um, so Let I, me ask you I, I this. Like that. Go on. Would you rather have the same Apple Watch design that is thick, but has the always-on display because it needs the battery so the design cannot change yet? Or would you want a redesigned Apple Watch that is thinner and is, it's got a new design, new look, but it doesn't have the always-on display? Personally, I would prefer the always-on display because okay. I am, I, in a daily usage basis, I have no problem with the Apple Watch's design, right? Like, it's fine. I'm used to it. Like, I live with it. I would get more personally out of just being able to look at my wrist and see what I need to see rather than having to raise it every single time than I would for having it be a little bit thinner and maybe a little more sleek. Like, just, just personally from the device. Like, it, because, like, if I'm, if I want to get the best-looking watch, like, Apple's ne- probably never going to make that, right? Like, no, because I could just go to a watch company and buy a really nice watch, right? Like, it's not, I'm not wearing this so I look the best. Like because then I then I have made a fatal flaw in my purchasing. I'm wearing this because of its utility, and anything that makes it more useful to me is a good thing. Mm. What would you do in that sense, Federico? I'm not sure. I think I would go with the new design because hmm, okay. I get the appeal. I get the appeal of the always-on display, but honestly, raising my wrist it tends to work 90% of the time. I think there's an overlap uh, between the, the, the same people who complain about Face ID not working tend to be the same people who also complain about race, race whatever it's called, not working. And wow. for me, like 90% of the time it works well. And it's fine. And it's not like I'm constantly looking at the time. Okay, but uh, I'm not so saying it doesn't work because it works. it works all the time for me. But I would prefer to not have to do it. Like if I have my hands typing on my keyboard or uh-huh. whatever or like i'm doing something and i want to see the time i would prefer to be yeah. able to just look because that's that was what it was like right. with watches i used yeah, to I wear get it. that was what it was like with yeah, my I... pebble right like yeah, i, I, I would prefer it. that but like but it yeah just... it doesn't not work it actually it is more reliable for me than the iphone's race to wake um yeah i guess it's just not a that big of a problem to me and i would very much prefer a new design so to always see something that is new and you know so i can show it off and just have something cool and new and you know it's been three years i would rather get the new design personally okay 
I think I, I think that those two things, I would be very happy with both of them. But I just think for me personally, I would prefer the always on. All right, Federico, it is your pick. All right, I think well, the the new Apple streaming service uh, for movies and TV shows, or actually maybe just movies, I don't know. Uh, but for for TV shows, I mean, uh, will be announced in 2018, and it'll probably be called Apple Video. Um, I think it will have one to two months um, for free, just like it happened for Apple Music, but maybe not three months, but just maybe one. I'm wondering if maybe there should be a trial of like four to six weeks, basically. And uh, so I'm not sure if we will see an announcement to WWDC because I don't know if Apple wants to repeat uh, you know, kind of the criticism that they saw with the Apple Music announcement at the end of the developer conference. So maybe it'll be a separate event. Maybe it'll be announced in September. I don't know. But anyway, I think we'll, we'll see Apple Video with a roster of new TV shows. I've been following the news uh, a lot about this. I've been listening to Upgrade, where you always, Mike, have an excellent discussion with Jason about this. Thank you. And I think uh, 2018 is the year that we'll get this uh, announcement. And also maybe an option to bundle your subscription with Apple Music. So instead of paying $20 every month, you pay like 15 or 16 and you get both services. Um, I'm really excited about this, especially following you know all the the news that we've seen and we read on Variety and other entertainment publications over the past few weeks. I think it'll, this should be really interesting to see this year. I think it's it's very curious that in your pick you have specifically named it. That seems like a that's your risky part. I think. Yeah, uh, that's a real, I, that's a real uh, Mike move. Yeah, that is yeah. a real mic move. You've really gone for this that. This is gonna, one, this is gonna be a half point. I, can, I really yeah. feel it. This is gonna be a half because point I because I got the name wrong. Everything else, <laughs> I think you've just like hit it on the head. But the 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 naming, I, I agree that that's probably what they will call it, Apple Video. But I could see. You know what I was gonna say? They could call it Apple Watch. No, they won't call no. it that. Will they? They already <laughs> no. have that. Uh, Facebook have a video platform that they're calling Facebook Watch, which I think is such a short-sighted name. Mm. Like, I think that's such a silly idea. Facebook watches you. (laughs) Like, but just because there are smartwatches now. Like, I feel like that that, that, that is like a namespace which is all taken up. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I do agree. I think that it is coming this year. And I think that that proposition, what they will offer, you know, a couple of months free, that ties, that's exactly what I did with Apple Music. And bundling it, I think, makes a lot of sense. I, I reckon we may see something like a real big bundle, including iCloud storage space or something when they do that. Hmm. Um, I think that would be nice. <laughs> like, you just pay one fee to Apple, and it includes a bunch of stuff. That would be good. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to make the first iPad-related pick. <clears throat> I don't think you guys have yet. And I'm going to say that the iPad Mini will remain stagnant through 2018. No new iPad mini. Mm, No updates, no price drops, nothing. Just there. I'm just going to say no new iPad mini. I don't know about a price drop. I mean, it'd be nice if it did. No new iPad mini hardware. Okay. No new iPad mini hardware. So um, changes to the price or... The configuration, like maybe if Apple replaces it with a higher storage option, that doesn't count. Yeah. It, there has to be a new model of the iPad Mini. 
Okay. Right. Yeah, they can tinker with this one, but no, you know, no, no new CPU okay. in it, no All right. new screen or anything like that. All right. Okay. Well, I think it makes sense. It makes me Maybe sad. The, yeah. I think, I think yeah. that, I mean, it's a device that I still think some people want, but I think it's going to go the way of the iPod Touch and just sit for a really long time. I was thinking about the iPad mini for my picks and I couldn't decide whether I wanted to go for a risky pick of like them either killing it or making a new one. <laughs> like, like yeah. I figured it was both. Because uh, I have kind of no go either way. I have no idea. The beauty of the way I've structured my pick is if they kill it, I'm not wrong. <laughs> so Interesting. That, that means no new iPad mini. Interesting. The, 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 we are clearly finding out that the wording the wording can get you that point but you're right yeah if they kill it then yeah that's that's also correct i like that yeah. what you don't see listener is steven is now writing if it is killed i'm not wrong into the document because he just wants to make but sure you know. that when it comes to grading yeah. time he gets those sweet sweet mm. points that's right so the only way that's that right. he's gonna be wrong if if apple actually if m- <laughs> makes a new ipad mini yeah but it has to be yep. a new model with a new CPU, not a not a spec, not a storage bump, not a ch- not a price change, but a, a new, new model. model. Mm. I would say the way that we decide this is if there is ever a press release or an announcement where they say the new iPad Mini doesn't matter what's inside it or what it looks like, mm. but it is referred mm. to as a new no. thing because no, like no. the iPad, that three twenty nine <laughs> iPad wasn't particularly new. Well, it was new, though. It was new. Mm. We all know what a new model is, right? Like, we all understand that if they add a 32-gig option all of a sudden, that's not a new iPad mini. Like, we yeah. understand right, what but, a new But what iPad if mini they means. take the current iPad mini and they throw, like, an A10 in it? That's a new one. That's a, that's a, a new, new one. one. Okay. Yeah. All right, fine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. New that, CPU. That, that's, yeah. that's kind of our baseline, right? New CPU. And even, but yeah. even if they change the camera, I would say that's a new one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I tell you what. If they do something where we believe they have to manufacture it differently, yes, then it is new. Yeah, and doing okay. something yeah, like giving it a better all, camera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's totally okay. fair. Yeah, that's that would be a new model. So. All right. Yeah, and but storage, no, that doesn't count, and I agree with that. It no. doesn't right. count because they just fiddle with that all the time. Yeah, so. it's like it's like whatever. Storage doesn't exist <clears> anyway. So it's, it's all a lie. It's all in the cloud. I think that's how it goes. Hmm. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Use the offer code WORLD at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Let you easily create the website that you have knocking around in your brain so you can get your next idea out into the world. And with the ability to grab a unique domain name to sell your website, award-winning templates to show it off, and 24-7 customer support to back it up, they are the perfect place you to put your next thing online there is nothing to install no patches to worry about no upgrades needed come on this is squarespace you don't have to worry about any of that they are the all-in-one platform that will let you get your online store or portfolio or blog or site for your business out to the world they have specific templates for all of those but squarespace is so customizable that you can take any of their templates and do whatever you want with it it's fantastic they give you great starting points but it's really customizable but not so much that you're going to get lost in it you can spend some time in it spend a day get everything the way that you want and it's set and it's ready to go and you can try all of this out for free so you can go to squarespace.com you can sign up for a trial you don't need to give them a credit card and you can try it out and make sure that it's right for you build your entire website and then when you're ready to sign up and put it out to the world, their plans start at just $12 a month. But you can get 10% off your first purchase by using our offer code, which is WORLD. And also be supporting Connected when you do that. Thank you to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website.
All right, so we now enter our risky picks round. So I just reiterated this point. The the risky picks, you get two points if one is correct, but you will lose a point if you get it wrong. So you can get some real gains, but also some real disadvantages. And Federico, you're first up on risky picks. All right. So I think we will see Workflow 2. Don't count the name as a prediction, but a new version of Workflow either as a built-in system feature in the next version of iOS or a brand new app that you still need to install from the App Store. Um, Or it's built-in, but not as a feature, but as an app on your home screen. That's what I mean. Um, I think it will be heavy on Siri integration, uh, so you will be able to create your own routines or workflows or actions that you then summon via Siri, but it'll also retain the productivity features and automation features that we've had in workflow so far. Um, Ideally, this should be uh, an entire automation framework for pro apps that would be able to talk to each other and to create, for example, custom menus and custom extensions that they can interact with multiple apps uh, together. Um, I think the App Store version will be kept around for a while to allow people to migrate from the old version to the new one. And there will probably be, be uh, if Apple does this, there will be a migration tool so that you can move your old workflows to the new app, to the new version. Um, I'm really excited about what the workflow team has been up to. Uh, they've sort of they've been quiet for the past several months. We, I know that we've had workflow updates, but they haven't been as big as the, you know, the updates that we used to get for, by the workflow team before the acquisition. So something is clearly up uh, and... I think we will get some workflow news this year. I'm really, I'm really hopeful that it's going to be the kind of major update uh, that I want, that that I've that I've always been hoping for. You have given us something that is impossible to score because you have four okay. things. We need to, we need yeah, to whittle you, down you, what we're well, actually okay. scoring you on. Here, here. Here's my list: workflow right. two will appear uh, either as a feature or as a standalone app on the home screen of uh, iOS 12. Uh, it'll have Siri integration, but it'll also have the standard automation features with the fr- with the framework for apps to like an API that they can take advantage of. All right, so we are in a third points situation with you here. Yes. We'll see how that comes, but there are three parts. So workflow two will appear. It doesn't matter how; it will just appear, right? Or something yeah. that we can clearly see is the follow up to workflow, right? Heavy yeah. on on Siri integration, but yeah. also a framework like a like yes. workflow kit or something to that effect. Yeah, that, that okay. is that's that is thirsty. That is that's bold. A lot of stuff. Like when you put the risky picks in place, I, I wasn't expecting this risky. That's a big one. I I don't think twenty eighteen for this. I think this is all coming, mm-hmm. but I think twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Steven. It's bold. It is bold. My risky pick, uh, and it does, I don't think it seems like a risky pick, so I'm, I'm going to defend it after I state my pick. Um, but I, I think that we could see an iTunes rewrite for Mac OS. And the reason I think it's risky, or that it could be considered risky, is because there are lots of people who would say that Apple shouldn't make that investment on the Mac at this point, that it's it's a really big, I mean, a huge project, and why would they spend that effort on Mac OS at this point in its life. But I think that if they want 
if they want Apple Music to be like a first class citizen on the Mac, they've got to do this. You know, I've, we've talked about this. I've switched to Apple Music. I'm all in. And it's sort of weird on the Mac because iTunes kind of treats it like the old iCloud music library. And there's like lots of confusion in places in the app about what's happening and where files are and that sort of thing. And I think that the Mac would benefit from this. But I think I don't know if Apple sees it that way. I don't know if Apple sees it as a important thing to do. But um, but I keep thinking about it. So it's my it's my risky pick. I want to do some clarification on this. Mm-hmm. If they make an app called Music and an app called like iPhone Utility, yeah, I think does that Dude. count? Because mm. the way I'm yeah. reading this is there has to be an app called iTunes. Mm. So I will say iTunes rewrite or replacement. Okay, that, I think that's I think okay. that's more in line with what I'm thinking. But because right, I agree with you, I think thing. that would totally count. There is a thing <clears throat> that is new. Yes. Which is iTunes, either in name or in function. Spiritual succession. So I agree yeah. this is risky because this has been like a 10-year wish at this point. Yeah. It feels yeah. like. That's the, other, that's the other side of this, right? Like, it's either going to happen or it's never going to happen. And so who knows? The fact that it constantly comes up whenever we talk about what we think should or might happen at WWDC, yeah. I think that it's process is risky because... It's there is happen. no there is no specific reason that it will be this year more than last year or the year before or the year before. Yeah. Right? That's so, why that's the brilliance of it if I'm right. So All right. We'll so my one, my risky pick, mm-hmm. iOS 12 will feature a large scale UI redesign across the iOS, mm. the biggest since iOS 7. That's a bold one, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I agree with you and it makes total sense. Do yeah, you know why? Because mm. we are basically as far from ios 7 as we were from ios 1 is like my thing because we have like five different design languages on ios right there are so many design languages and time right like it's it's it it is the fact that i feel like from a design perspective we are very far away from ios 7 now and also we're coming up on a similar kind of time frame and i feel like that these time frames would get shorter over time right that it wouldn't I don't think that it, we would be waiting for iOS 14 for the next big redesign. I feel like that they should get shorter over time. And I think that purely based upon the fact that iOS design is kind of all over the place right now. And I'm seeing a lot of UI designers like kind of wishing for skeuomorphism again. That I think yeah, it might that's... be time for a shakeup. Yeah, that's been going around, uh, going on for a while. You know, designers wishing that to go back to the days of drop shadows and three D elements and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I feel like there there was sort of a movement of nostalgic UI designers. But over time, w- most of the people that I follow have kind of settled on evolving the flat design language into something that is not as skeuomorphic as it used to be, but somewhere in between, you know, with some... either by some the character to it, right? Character with way. color and yep. animation and, you know, different transitions, some use of shadows, for example. So I think it's time, I agree with you, I think it's time for a unified design language that feels fresh, feels new, is shared uh, across all these multiple devices that Apple has, this entire ecosystem on the TV, on the watch, on the phone, on the iPad... Uh, I think it's time. I think it makes total sense, and you're probably gonna get these two points, Mike. We'll see. So, 
I, I want to clarify it a little bit. Is this what if Apple takes one of their 17 different design paradigms that ship in their apps and just make that the universal look? That so, I don't think that's a large scale UI redesign. I think the way that we would grade this is depending on how much time they spend at WWDC talking about it. Yeah. Like if yeah. if they are like this is iOS 12's new design, right? Like and and I I think it doesn't matter if it looks like something that already exists, but like all of the apps change. Like all of the right. remaining apps, it's like conform. it's in the state of the union how yeah. to lay apps out in this design. It's like if every okay. app that That's Apple fair. makes gets those huge title bars because they don't all have them, right? Then I think right. that that would count if they're like, we want your apps to look like this. Um, and I also think okay. that you know, that Federico, you've spoken about this a bit, and and I'm definitely in agreement with you that. Um, the the iPhone and John Gruber in his review of the iPhone 10 recently said a very similar type of thing, that like some of the changes that the iPhone 10 after a year will show will inform iOS design, right? Like that there are ways to design mm-hmm. for that phone which could be and should be different, but haven't been fully realized yet, and it probably requires a new version of iOS to make that change. So, so yeah. I think that's another just just another reason why it would be now. So we'll see. So we move into extra picks. These are just things okay. that we think are going to happen, but we're not getting any points for these. But it's just for bragging rights stuff that we think is going to occur. <laughs> bragging rights. But that's all it is, right? That like we come to, uh, okay. to this time yeah. next year, and we're like, see, I told you. So, uh, Federico, mm-hmm. you go first. Uh, reminders will get a major redesign. So new look for reminders. Uh, I feel like this has been a long time coming. It has to be one mm-hmm. of the most popular apps on, on iOS because people, I see people using notes and reminders all the time, but reminders still look kind of weird. Like iOS 7, iOS 7 designers not fully committed to ditching yeah. the old also, paper like, texture. <laughs> comparing reminders and notes is interesting but reminders exactly. didn't get good in the way that notes did. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like notes and got good. Reminders yeah. has kind of mostly stayed the same. And if it works for you, yep. that's awesome. But they didn't... Apple have not spent a significant amount of time adding features to reminders no. like they did with notes a couple of years ago. No. And there's just so much potential, whether it's about attaching different types of items to a, rem- a reminder or even tagging using the same design of, in iOS 11 of files and uh, mail, for example, uh, using, uh, you know, um, enhancing the way that you do sharing uh, or checking checking in with Siri, especially now coming, you know, with the, with the coming of the HomePod, I can imagine in, the, in a family setting how you could, for example, uh, everybody could check in on, on the shopping list that is saved in Reminders. I, I just think there's just, just so much. And even on the iPad, things that you could do with drag and drop and integration with other apps. Uh, I feel like Reminders has been neglected uh, since basically iOS... Eight after the iOS seven redesign, and I think it's time that Apple gives it some attention. Uh, I could probably say calendar too, but calendars are boring, so I'm gonna go with the reminders. Uh, I wanna I wanna see a major reminders redesign. I think that reminders design is infuriating. That card design, I've yeah. never liked it, and every time I've ever tried to use that app, I. I just don't know how to get to anything. 
I, I, I really, I, I do not like it. I do really want them to drop the paper look in those yes. as well. Like, mm-hmm. please, just please, yeah. it like, doesn't do like anything. I know that you do a pen show, Mike, so you have a... a I have a special affinity for paper, yeah. Yes, uh, but honestly, like, all these metaphors, they don't work anymore. Like, young people, they don't write to-do lists down on paper. Uh, or if they do, it's not because they love paper. Uh, so uh, these throwbacks, they used to work 10 years ago. They used to work 15 years ago, and they were awesome because they helped people familiarize themselves with computers. But now people know computers and they know smartphones. So I feel like at some point it becomes a limitation to, you know, and we this is the same discussion that we had in 2013 for iOS 7, but even more so today. Um, you know, in the age of voice assistants and, uh, you know, <laughs> machine learnings and the echo and all these modern technologies, we're still thinking about paper. I mean, come on. So I Notes think we used to new... have that design where it looked like a folio, right? And like you tuck things into yep. the side of it and it was like legal yeah. pad. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Let's never go back to that. <laughs> I All mean, right. right. People <laughs> know how to use much. a sidebar. <laughs> no, <laughs> so. I don't know. Unless unless it's like a little <laughs> leather pocket. I don't know if people can get mm, it. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to do with my hand here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephen. So I, I'm going to uh, to go in uh, with what I'm going to call German kit until we're given an official okay. name. But you could have called it the G kit. Could have been another name. Mm. German G kit. G kit's good. That app <laughs> kit and UI kit will give birth to something new and cross platform. We don't know what that looks like beyond his reporting, but the idea that Apple has some sort of next generation f- uh, platform framework for developers to have one app that runs on the Mac and on the iPad and on the iPhone. I think that's something that we could, uh, we could, maybe if we don't see it completely, maybe we see the beginning steps of it uh, this, this summer at WBDC. I think this is an inevitability. It's just a fact of timing. Like maybe I I believe probably this year, but I think it's just a fact of timing. I'm going to go for my constant evergreen pick that I'll keep picking forever. Uh, (laughs) New Apple pencil (laughs) with some kind of button on it. That does something. Uh, you know what? I saw someone, I think it, it may have been Dr. Wave on Twitter, was talking about this the other day, and I agree so much. I would honestly just like an on and off button on the Apple Pencil so the battery would last. Yeah. Because if you do mm-hmm. what I do, which is use like a pen loop to keep it attached, the battery dies real quick because it's keeping the connection running, right? Because there's like a proximity yeah. thing. Um, I would love to be able to just hit a button on the Apple Pencil to turn it on and then start using it. Like there are ways you could do it, like unpairing the Bluetooth, but that doesn't work. And then I had, I thought I had a great idea, which is to turn Bluetooth off on my iPad. But because of the wonders of iOS 11, it doesn't actually kill the connection. Uh, it actually, oh, no. it keeps the connection. It gives you a little pop up, tells you, "Oh, don't worry, don't worry. The Apple Pencil will stay connected." It's like, oh gosh. Okay, thank no, you. No, I worry. I want to worry yeah, because like, you're not doing what Because I came to, to the realization that the only thing that I need Bluetooth for on my iPad is my Apple Pencil. So, like, I could just turn it off and leave it off. I mean, I use my AirPods sometimes, but it would be... I always have to, like, do the thing where you do the pairing. So, like, just hitting another button wouldn't hurt anyway. But anyway. So, yeah, a new Apple Pencil. I think it's, I think it's time. Please make one out of aluminium and put a button on it. 
Uh, this is a this would have been a nice risky pick, Mike. Uh, but I understand why why it's not. Mm. Uh, my next prediction, we're going to see a new smart keyboard. I also think it's time that Apple changes the design of this accessory. And I think we will see a new material, maybe a backlit model. Uh, because I, because Logitech is doing like a bunch of these, it's obviously possible with a keyboard connector. Um, uh, and also maybe it'll have a dedicated Siri key on the keyboard itself. Uh, I think it makes sense, especially if Apple expands the textual, the type to Siri feature that it's in iOS 11, if it maybe becomes like a standalone mode, not a, an accessibility feature, it will make sense to have a Siri key on the keyboard so that you can just tap it once and you type to Siri and you're done. Uh, I really want to see a new Spark keyboard, but I also think it's time that Apple, I think we're, it's, it, this, this is, should be a safe um prediction if apple is working on new ipads i would be really surprised if they don't come with a new smart keyboard design hmm. i want this too for the same reason i want the apple pencil yeah all right steven uh just this is the the hail mary because it, there's no points attached to it but you know maybe a uh ipod touch update what would mm, you do to not? it uh make it bigger I think to mm. to match 4.7 inch, um, it has the A8 in it. I think, um, you know, I think I, I don't know. I, this is one of those things. It could just go away too, I guess, because I don't know how many they're selling. But I feel like if they're going to update it again, I mean, this summer is three years, and it's got the A8 in it. Um, it you know, I think if they're going to do it, it's it's time. So. If they don't do it, then it just goes away. That's fine too. But I think if it's if it's everyone getting update again, this is the year that they do it. I want to see bezel-less iPod Touch. Oh, that's all I want. Just give me a no- an iPod Touch with a notch on it. The iPod notch. It would be beautiful. It'd be tiny. Um, I my my uh, extra pick on iOS twelve. The iPad home screen will feature more than just app icons. Oh, fancy. Okay. You gave me you gave me trouble about iTunes rewrite or replacement being an evergreen pick. This has been <laughs> yeah, desired yeah. for 12 years. <laughs> I know. I tell you why I went for it now. They added so much in iOS 11 that like if you want to add an iPad feature, there aren't many big ones other than a shelf uh that you can add. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean. But like big obvious stuff that's been like something people have wanted for a while. Not like little enhancements to files, right? Like not like this or that, but like big things where you can point to and be like, see, they're still working on the iPad. I feel like this could be one of them. Even mm. just adding widgets. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be a ton. But Honestly, yes. this is where this is where I struggle. What do they add beyond widgets? Is that it? Is that all that's out there? Drag and droppable widgets. So like being able to drag a file onto a Dropbox widget and it uploads, like that's something that I would what, like. You mm. mean workflows? I do <laughs> Actions most certainly on the home screen. mean workflows. <laughs> I do most certainly mean those. Yeah, I, I honestly think like interactive widgets, whether they are actions or like lists of data, basically what a widget is right now, or document I would love previews. my calendar widget. And my, yeah, my exactly. toggle widgets just on the home screen yes. rather than moving backwards and forwards. So, you know, I, this isn't a, this isn't going to like shatter the earth, 
but I think if they were able to do this, it would look like they're still focused on the iPad. Like, yeah, and it all because I really don't want a lot for the iPad from iOS 12. I just want them to like sand off the edges of iOS 11. Like, there's some, a bunch of work I would like them to do on files, which I will talk about this at some point on the show, like what I want to see Apple do with files because I, mm-hmm. I have a lot of things that they should be fixing and a lot of things they can add that like I, I yep. need to start writing a list. Um, but mm. uh, I, don't, I don't need a lot. I want, some, I want some bug fixes and some feature which is a sign of life. That's all I personally want uh, from yeah. iOS 12 for the iPad. Um, I have a final, final prediction here. Uh, that, and this is sort of connects to Steven's actual pick. Um, but I think Apple Video and Apple Music will finally have dedicated apps everywhere. So Apple Video for Mac and iOS and Apple Music for Mac and iOS. Uh, so basically what I'm saying is music and video removed from iTunes. And at that point, I'm not sure what iTunes on the Mac is anymore. So uh, this <laughs> is why, yeah. Or, I don't know, podcasts, maybe? I have no idea. Uh, so yeah, Apple Video and Apple Music, both apps on the Mac and iOS. Hmm. So that's it. That's our picks. Yeah. We will be, yeah. if and when any of these things happen throughout the year, we will address it. But we will be doing points scoring in our last show of the year before the year in review, right? I guess that's when we'll do this. So we got all the way until the end of the year, especially with uh, Stevens Mac Pro. I mean, that could happen all the way up to December 31st, I think, potentially. Yeah. It could be all the way up there. All right, we have one last topic today, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, but first, I want to thank a new sponsor for the show, and that is Mission U. Mission U is a one-year program that will give you the skills and experience needed to launch a successful career in data, an- data analytics, which is about any other 21st century career. They have a student-centered approach, and they prove this with no upfront tuition costs or high-risk loans. Mission U partner with companies like Spotify, Lyft, Uber, and Warby Parker to provide students like you with invaluable work experience. The Mission U program is perfect for go-getters who are determined to make their career a success. If you think that could be you, your new career-focused schedule will look a little something like this. In the first trimester, you'll focus on developing skills like collaboration, critical thinking, and communication. In the second, you'll work on technical skills, and to wrap things up in trimester three, you'll get valuable internships experience. Overall, with Mission U, you're looking at 80% live virtual classroom sessions and 20% bi-weekly meetups with networking and skills development. Here's how the application process works. There are no standardized test scores, no GPAs. You just tell them about yourself. You take a short quiz to show your problem-solving abilities, complete a 45-minute team-based challenge, and then meet a member of the Mission U team for an individual interview. This is the first step towards a resume full of relevant experience and a debt-free future. To learn more about Mission U and earn up to $500 upon completion of the four-year program, go to missionu.com slash connected. That is M-I-S-S-I-O-N-U dot com slash connected. That's $500 upon the completion of the four-year program. Head there now to learn more and see what your career could be. Thanks to Mission U for their support of this show and Relay FM. So it is CES time. And me and Federico wanted to talk about some of the trends that we have seen over the first few days of CES um, and why they are interesting to us. 
Stephen doesn't. Stephen doesn't want to. Doesn't want to do this. Uh, but we, me and Federico, so, so are keen to talk about a couple of these things. Here's here's because you you have taken what I said and blown it out of proportion. My my overall problem with CES and like this, a lot of this stuff is really interesting, especially the smart assistant stuff. And I think it's super problematic that Apple's not there yet, but. So much stuff at CES just isn't real. It's vaporware or it's LG announcing a robot that takes your suitcases from your car to your hotel room that they're never going to be able to sell because unions are a thing. Like so much of it is just not anything, right? Like I've been watching The Verge does these like things where they cut up a keynote into 10 minutes so you can just see all the important stuff. I've watched all of them. I watched like three of them over breakfast and it's so much of it is just like nothing. And we can talk about the things that are real, but that's my problem with CES. Like uh, the stuff that's real, it's going to happen. That's great. But so much of it isn't. And that's mm. where I struggle. So I feel like we're going to talk about, I think is exciting, but I think you have to temper that excitement with, you have to, you have to filter it all through the idea of like, some of this stuff is just concept or they're just talking about innovation because that's the word they have to use at CES, not because it's real products that, make a difference in people's lives i feel like there's two sides to this conference and this is why well maybe you're totally right from this point of view that there's the ces where you get these new accessories these new devices stuff that is actually gonna ship that is actually getting like a pre-order going live this week or a ship date in like two months so that's the real stuff that's been announced and or preview and even released. a reputable big name company Right. Yes. Where it's like, like they're going to ship this stuff or, because yeah. it's going to look silly if they don't. Whether you think it's good or not, right? Like they're going to ship it. But to an extent, you could maybe even make the argument that even LG, for example, is showing off like a foldable OLED TV. And I mean that that seems to be a working prototype. Well, but okay, we're so not so sure. TVs are like a whole big thing of CES, and yeah. companies like LG. They come to CES with technology that they've just developed that will ship in five years' time, right? Like, yeah. but but they come to CES with their breakthroughs because a lot of it as well is like what they're trying to do is get companies to buy. So, like for example, Sharp a few years ago came with a bunch of equipment which ended up showing up in stuff like the Nintendo Switch, right? Like, yeah. you know, that that they, they, they it's like multiple years into the future you'll see it because sometimes these companies are just trying to get other companies to buy their panels and stuff like that. Like TVs are a thing which have always been big at CES and this is one of the reasons because all the big manufacturers bring their breakthroughs. I mean, and I will say though that that LG thing is wild. Like it is a screen which rolls out of a box. It's so weird. (laughs) But like, I think I would kind of like that, right? Like in 10 years time. Did you see the modular Samsung TV that you basically make it bigger no. by attaching uh, <laughs> panels see, to the monitor? It's freaking incredible, though. No. It's inches. Yes. It, they call it the wall. They call it the wall. Uh, so to Stephen's point, to Stephen's point, we also get these crazy announcements, whether from big companies or smaller companies that nobody knows. Uh, and you get the, the suitcase that is supposed to follow you, but 
keeps on falling to the ground and you get a dancing robot you get the robot stripper and I'm not kidding here there was a robot stripper at an Terrible. event uh, last night it seemed I saw the news on Twitter just awful so um, what is wrong with these people and, like, and you yep. get and you get this crazy wild uh, inappropriate ideas that are never gonna happen so uh, I thought um, we should quickly mention the stuff that we are going to see available on the market that we're probably going to buy some of these devices or just general trends that I think are interesting. And the first one, I believe, um, that everybody's talking about this is the uh, new accessories, new devices from TVs to headphones to speakers, uh, even cars maybe, uh, with either uh, the Amazon Echo Assistant or the Google Assistant built-in. Um, so native integrations with the assistants by Amazon and Google. We've seen this in the new 4K TVs by LG. Uh, we've seen this in wireless earbuds, which are also a trend. Uh, you know, everybody's yep. making AirPods like earbuds now, and I and I yeah. believe it's because Qualcomm has announced a new chip that makes it better for manufacturers to make this kind of accessories. Uh, we've seen the Google Assistant in JBL's new line of speakers and earbuds. We've seen uh, light switches with displays, and we've seen kitchen TVs with uh, the Amazon Echo Assistant and the Google Assistant built-in. So we're seeing this new, these two Assistant APIs becoming available in a wide range of products. And I wonder, so my, my question here, so obviously this is interesting from a nerd point of view because it's, you know, cool new technology and voice controls in a bunch of different appliances. I think it's very cool. But is this a problem for Apple? Is this a problem uh, that the these two are becoming the de facto standards in the third-party assistant market? And do we believe that Apple is making a mistake by not opening up Siri in a similar way? So... I was going to, uh, one of my picks that I was thinking of making, this isn't an official pick, but my one of my picks was going to be that we don't see the HomePod until Q2. Ooh. I don't know why. I just feel like, where is it? Like, where is it? Nobody knows. And they're not, no one's saying anything and it doesn't exist yet. Uh, and it's just late. But I think what is happening is Google and Amazon are like, okay, then. We will spam the market. We will yep. own it. We will put our technology into everything because it benefits them ultimately for what they're trying to do. Like Apple is trying to sell their devices ultimately. Google and Amazon are selling their ecosystem. Like they want to, but their ecosystem isn't a hardware ecosystem. It is the thing above it all, right? So Amazon just want you to buy more stuff and Google just wants your data. Right, like, mm -hmm. so they don't care if JBL makes a speaker that has Google Assistant in, or they don't care if iDevices, which have built a wonderfully bonkers thing, which is a light switch, which has the Amazon Echo built into it. Not that it can turn it on and off, but you can literally talk to the light switch. <laughs> I think that that is wild and amazing. Like, you look like yeah. a crazy person talking to a light switch. That I like doing? the idea of like <laughs> uh, talking think, to the wall. <laughs> Everybody had trouble writing this headline 
Because every, when you read it, you just think, oh, they just made a, a light switch that I can turn on and off. No, no, you can talk to the light switch, right? So, like, they're just they're, oh, clearly something happened with Google and Amazon, especially for this CES, where they've just gone to these device makers and they're like, do what you want. Like, I mean, yeah. I think that uh, Amazon have done something, right? I don't know if they're enforcing this, but that the blue ring of light seems to be on all of their products that they're endorsing, like, that, that yeah. have the echo stuff built into it so i expect that that's like a brand thing for them but then google they have like released a whole new part of home and assistant where now there are uh lenovo jbl lg and sony are making google assistant devices with screens on them yes. and they have built this whole new interface which is built upon i think it's called android things which is their like wearable platform and it's yeah. just Google services right now. It includes YouTube, yeah. LOL, Amazon Show, right? Like the Echo Show, mm, they've been having some real problems. And now Google's like, oh, just use YouTube on this screen device. Uh, yeah. But that's interesting to me that they are pushing into the screen thing too and have a thing which is all ready to go. Yeah, and Google is clearly catching up with Amazon here because they, they must feel behind and they've been kind of aggressive both in terms of... Uh, the brand presence at CES, I saw the photos of just Google logos and Hey Google uh, signage and billboards yeah. and, you know, just everywhere, yeah. uh, at least judging from the photos of taken by people there. And uh, I saw that Google also reorganized the sort of the interface and the catalog uh, for the Google Assistant. Uh, it's now officially called Actions, the thing that you install. So Amazon has skills, the Google Assistant now has as actions and i don't know how many million actions they say they are available but a lot basically and uh, and i sort of I, I i'm fascinated by these two companies uh going against each other um and google sort of feeling the need to catch up quickly as opposed to apple taking their time with a single speaker that doesn't basically have any any third party integration natively from a native perspective and i guess the the, the core discussion here is do we believe that this stuff is all a fad that it's basically nobody's going to uh, buy these devices in in numbers that really matter ultimately do we believe that this is a fake trend that will go away and nobody cares and i wonder uh, at what point does this argument sort of not make sense anymore? Because once you get the assistant in your headphones, in your speakers, in your car, in your TV, does it does it matter at the point? Is is it is that relevant, or is it is it only relevant if Apple does it? Uh, which I think is uh, can be a little you know some somehow short sighted to say well unless Apple enters this market then none of this stuff matters because I mean yeah. we're talking brands like Sony JBL um, LG Samsung Lenovo these are actual brands that you know it's not like I'm I'm running a Kickstarter for a for a I don't know like a remote with Alexa built in yeah um, it's like I'm I'm. You know, these are big companies. And so I think it's something worth paying attention to. And I've seen on Twitter folks say, well, everything's going to change with the HomePod. Is it, though? It's not, uh, though. I mean, I'm Because it's not I'm even excited. this market, right? Like, Apple exactly. are not even really going after this. They're just making no. a really good Apple Music speaker that does yeah. some other stuff. Yeah. yeah, they're going after Sonos much more than Google yep. Assistant and yep. the Amazon Echo Lady. I do think that 
that's that thought process, Federico, that if Apple's not involved, it's not important. That is one that people in our circles fall prey to. And that's why I wanted to say what I said about how I feel about CES, because I don't believe that if Apple's not in it, it doesn't matter. Because I think that's a, a foolish way to view consumer technology. But, you know, you got to actually ship stuff too. Um, yeah. I do think the big story, though, from CES is all this assistant stuff. Like, Google and Amazon are in a war. Like, just they are going after each other. And the YouTube stuff and all that stuff is, you know, different fronts of the of the war. But it's really getting to a point where you can have one of these assistants, like you said, everywhere. And that's something that, that you know, Apple people have always said, well, you know, Siri's with you in your pocket and the, you know, the Amazon assistant is stuck on your kitchen counter. That is not true anymore. That's a, mm-hmm. you know, that's not a, a, a fair critique anymore because these things are becoming more and more ever present. I mean, just the other day I was, um, uh, you know, watching something on TV and there's a commercial for some car and in the like car commercial, like on television is, oh, it comes with the Amazon voice assistant built into the yeah. car. Like this stuff is becoming mainstream and there's always stuff at CES that's kind of out there, right? That maybe, maybe uh, the Amazon voice in a light switch is a dumb idea and it, the market will show that, but this stuff is everywhere now. And it this market is progressing in a way that Apple Apple clearly is, is not approaching it straight head on. They're approaching it from an angle, and I think there's room for Apple to be successful here. But Google and Amazon aren't waiting around to see if that comes true or not. Yeah, it's like the, this smart speaker and assistant technology. It's like a whole new avenue for CES, especially this year, because it's yeah. given another thing for there to actually be for these device makers to make stuff and show it off. Because like CES in the last couple of years has gotten a bit dry um, because that hasn't really been a thing. But this is like a thing, mm-hmm. right? Where like all of these companies are able to be like, here is our smart assistant product and we're working yep. with Google to make these headphones. Like it's like a, a whole thing that they can talk about. And I think that like, you know, I, I spoke about this with VR and, and I think that the the core idea is the same, that every technology company is terrified that they're going to miss the next smartphone. So yeah. any big technology trend or any trend that starts to occur, all of these companies, they rush at it, right, to make sure that they're going to be able to have a seat at the table. Nobody wants to be Facebook in 2008, right, where they're like completely miss mobile. Like nobody wants to be them, right? Like this is this is in, informs uh, Mark Zuckerberg's entire... Uh, acquisition strategy over the last few years, mm-hmm. right? Like, and he said it, like, because he said it. He doesn't want to miss out on how he missed out on the smartphone. So, anytime that there is a big technology trend, these companies rush at it. So, that is what Google's doing. That is what Amazon's doing. They want to make sure that if this becomes a thing, they are the player. And that's why there's like a billion products. And, and it's interesting. And it is keen as somebody mm-hmm. heavily in the Apple ecosystem to see what or if they're ever going to do anything or if this ends up just being an enthusiast thing and nothing more we're not that i think the jury is still Mm. very much out on that one um but there was another Uh. trend which is a (laughs) long-lived ces trend uh but was here in in 2018 as well federico yeah, uh, combining multiple devices, multiple gadgets into one. I so think convergence is called convergence. Uh, yes, this is yes, this is the convergence. Yes, this is the right word, Mike. Convergence um, is the C in CES. It's the convergence me, electronics system. 
Let me go through this list because it's uh, kind of amazing. Uh, a USB a USB C dock that is also a Qi charger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not only can you plug in your cables, you can also charge your iPhone on top of the cables. This is actually quite genius. A HomeKit smoke alarm that is also an AirPlay two speaker. But <laughs> so the best... you can stick it to the ceiling, and not only does it save your life, it also plays some sweet music as you're escaping. And um, straight up. One of the best pun product names I have ever heard. <laughs> yes. So I want to just, I want to, once again, the pitch of this product is it is a smoke alarm with a speaker in it. It is called mm-hmm. the Safe and Sound. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Someone needs to get a raise. Wow. That is incredible. Somebody yes. like did a lap of the office when they came up with that name. <laughs> it's amazing. The Safe yeah, and Sound. Bob, Bob from marketing uh, really deserves the raise because this is amazing. <laughs> Uh, uh, hold on, because we're not done here. A mesh router that is also an Alexa speaker. This and is I'm the sorry most that ridiculous I keep repeating. one. That's the most ridiculous one. <laughs> you can talk to the router. You can ask questions uh, to your. Okay, here's uh, here's my problem with this one. Most of the time, your router, you know, it's in the center of your house, or if you have a distributed system, they're kind of all over the place. But like, they're never where I want my. <laughs> Voice isn't to be like well, I don't have a router in my kitchen. Looks like a boombox, so you can put it anywhere you want a boombox to be. That's what my kitchen needs a boombox boom device. Yeah, uh, you carry it around on your uh, shoulder, on. and that's how you get good Wi-Fi throughout the house. Oh um, yeah, that's. Wh- can I can I interest you guys <laughs> in a mouse pad in a mouse pad that is also a wireless charger? So here's my problem with this one. On the face of it, it's like okay, if my mouse is wireless, then great. But then your mouse mat needs to be plugged into something. So it's kind of pointless, right? What if the, what if the <laughs> pad also charges the mouse and the iPhone on top of the pad? So it's a it's a air power but for uh, your mouse and phone. I mean, you know? mm. could be could be uh, t- it's CS not really, 2019. It's not the um, worst thing. All uh, right, all right. On this honest super quick. Um in in a move that I expected but is very interesting to me. Adina absolutely loves the chi charging. Yeah. I mean, I could say I don't really care for it, but she very, very, very frequently does not plug her phone in. She just puts it down and falls asleep. Well, now all she needs to do is put it in a specific place. So, yeah, she loves it. So I'm pleased I have the charging pad for her. But, yes, maybe I need to get her a mouse mat instead. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, final, uh, final pick. What about? I know that Mike doesn't drive, but maybe this could be the the the, the hot gadget that convinces that you pushes to pushes me a, to buy uh, a car license and get a driver. Uh, what license. about? Yeah, yeah. What about an Amazon Echo speaker for the car? Hold on. That is also a dash cam, so you can be like the Russians. You can be like the Russians, constantly recording when they're on the road, and make yeah. sure that, you know this making activates good YouTube videos out of it. Making great YouTube videos, and this uh, activates uh, the recording when it detects a crash and it saves a local file for you. And then you can ask uh, the Echo to hey, play my accident, and you get you know you, you can see the <laughs> you, can, you can relieve those terrifying moments. Do you remember um, the meteor one? <laughs> The Russian yeah. dash cam with the meteor like hit the oh ground. Gosh, right. Oh yes, yes, exactly. It was incredible. Exactly. Um, you you neglected to to mention one feature of this that on the back of this device, so the part that's facing you, the driver, they can throw up uh, driving directions, so you can you know 
Look at a little so it's half actually circle in the corner of your windshield. An Amazon Echo speaker with a dash cam and a GPS in it. Yeah, yeah it's, this is the Garmin Speak Plus. I think we mentioned the Garmin Speak we did. a while back when we talked about the Amazon Echo APIs. Uh, this is a new version. It's called the Plus because it's uh, got uh, a new feature, which is the dash cam. I will uh, say but it's though, the same like, idea. This does actually seem like a pretty compelling product. Like this is of all the <laughs> of all the weird combos that of we've all the seen so far. Fridges. I got. I gotta are. say, I gotta say, the Safe and Sound and the Garmin Speak safe Plus and are sound. not so terrible. You the know, safe and sound though. I mean, that, I've that's thought about amazing. getting one of those Nest Protects, but I'm I'm really nervous about trying out the newfangled smoke alarm. Right, I feel like of all of the things, like to try out, the smoke alarm isn't one of them. You know, you want that to be like tried and true i want right. the most that- dumb smoke alarm possible <laughs> yeah. right has anyone ever said i'm really excited about my new smoke alarm yeah that a thing that people i mean get i guess excited people about? that, I that when they got the nest protect people. were pretty excited mm. yeah i have not bought the the nest protect I, I i'm like you mike what if you never use it like do you go like man i cannot wait for my kitchen to catch on fire so i can make no, sure that i'm getting my it. money oh my, my money out of this purchase do you, do you not <laughs> test your smoke alarms Federico? Yeah, but how do you do the actual test in the fire like the fire doesn't come up and press the test button that's we not how don't that works. have we don't have smoke alarms in italy it's not it's not like a regulation oh that we need to install how are you alive what what yeah yeah, yeah, we but don't do Federico, smoke alarms in Italy. This is like the seatbelt thing, where like no, just because no. there's no regulation, that you st- still yeah. get one. Well, why would you I live... want a smoke alarm? Like what? I wear live... I wear the seatbelt because I'm driving and it saves my life. What? When I'm cooking, I'm not gonna no. make my kitchen catch no. on fire. No, 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 what no, 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 okay. no, no. Okay. Any good smoke alarm is smart enough to not go off when you're cooking. I have a smoke alarm in my kitchen, and it doesn't go off, but it works. Oh, I mean, I got two so dogs. I've I got seen... two dogs. They they act as my smoke alarm if they smell no, something. I've fun. seen no. not if the smoke no, no. gets them first. Yeah, I've seen your cable management behind your TV. You should have a smoke alarm. Oh. It's a matter of time for that. I am. That I can only apologize for what your mentions are going to look like. Like you it's walked into awesome. this, we did not bring you into this. this. You gave this information willingly. I don't understand why. Like it's, n- t- I understand that smoke alarms are common in the UK and in the US. It is something that nearly like nobody I know has a smoke alarm. So it's not like I'm just the crazy person here without a smoke alarm. The I was never uh, like when I, I was a kid. It. My par- my parents didn't have a smoke alarm. My grandma Buddy, didn't have a smoke alarm. Like, I it's- get that a hundred percent. Like I have like in Romania, nobody wears seatbelts, right? And it's like everyone thinks that it's disrespectful when I put the seatbelt on in the taxi. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. And like when I'm there, Adina wears a seatbelt. I like keep looking at her until she puts it on. When she's in London, she has no problem with it. When she's in Romania, she never wears it. I totally get how like these things are just like, they become a part of just the way that people live. But this is just one that like, if you live in other parts of Europe or you live in the US not having a smoke alarm like people think that you have lost your mind like this is akin right. to the seatbelt thing right like is, is seatbelts a thing in Italy or no do people wear seatbelts yeah. yeah well it is a it is, 
It is a thing. People, especially younger people, yeah, they all okay. tend to wear seatbelts. But, but older but people do that thing all, where they like clip it in people, and put it behind them or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> I mentioned before. I mentioned before that in Naples they sell T-shirts with a fake yes. uh, seatbelt print on them, which is just um, like I don't even understand <laughs> the type of person that will get a specific T-shirt my, to drive in. My, <laughs> like, oh. my dad. My dad. I'm not sure if he does this still, but my dad had his doctor prescribe him like a piece of paper basically where mm-hmm. the document says that this person has a shoulder injury and is Wonderful. allowed to not wear seatbelts and whenever the police stopped him for routine checks you know on the on the road he would whip up this document saying that he was allowed not to wear a seatbelt it's like the medical probably- marijuana of seatbelts Right. Like yeah. Yeah. You get this. You go to the specific <laughs> doctor and you give him twenty five dollars, and then you get a piece of paper. Probably which means you don't have to get my dad arrested for this revelation. <laughs> 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 oh, no God. one knows his name. We're good. We're good. And as we know, <sighs> bribery can go a long way, Federico. You just give some no, money no. to the police officer, and you're all yeah. No, don't do this. T- this take your no, seatbelt no. to the bakery. Be fine. <laughs> Federico, oh, okay. I would love so, it if you could buy like a super low prof- profile smoke alarm so like none of your friends know. But just like put <laughs> it, it in the hallway, right? Like you know, just so we know that you're okay. good. You know, I just want to know you. Do good. they sound the siren if there's a problem? Well, of course they do. Yes, that's the mm. point. Otherwise, what mm. what are they doing? Just like ah, oh, we recorded there was a fire. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's an alarm, Federico. The clue's in the name. Uh, uh, if you want to find our show notes for this week uh, go to relay.fm slash connected slash 175 don't look for us on twitter this time Uh, like we're all good like this time Federico knows now you don't have to tell him Uh, I've probably said this too late you know we're too late at this point this is not gonna be as bad as you think, Mike. Oh, this is totally really? gonna be fine. Mm. People understand. People understand. I'm Italian. Um, we do. We do things differently. People oh. know. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like you're just goading people now in, into this. But you know, <laughs> go to maxstories.net, fivetopixels.net. Subscribe to the Five Twelve Pixels YouTube channel. Uh, Stephen, when have you got a new video going up? Uh, Monday. Oh wow, that was quicker than I expected. I look forward to it. Um, Go check out more shows at Relay FM. I hear this from people. They're like, oh, I don't listen. Do we have, trust me, if you are listening to this show, we have at least one more show that you would enjoy. Like, I would put money on that. I will bet you a dollar. This is, mm. I'm walking myself into a situation. I bet you one dollar. There is at least one more show that you could listen to if you only listen to this one. I bet even if you listen to two, you could probably find another, but I'm not going to bet you on that one. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors this week, our friends over at Mission U. Squarespace and Linode. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Arrivederci. Adios.